0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Love Times Two Project. Change the culture and the politics will follow. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Welcome to the Love Times Two podcast. I'm Jordan Wooten. I'm one of the board members here at the Love Times Two Project. If you're a regular listener, you know by now that I get to poke my head in from time to time and host discussions with friends of mine uh, who are making unique contributions to the cause of life. And today, I get to have another one of those conversations. My guest today is Mike Presley. Mike is a graduate of Criswell College, a Bible college in Dallas, uh, and of Western Seminary where he earned a master's degree in biblical and theological studies. He's a public school educator and football coach here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and an active member of the local church where he and his family belong. Mike's married to Allison. They have four kiddos, three of whom are their biological children, and one of whom they had the opportunity to foster and eventually adopt into their family, which is what we'll spend our time uh, discussing today. Mike and his family are The Real Deal, and I'm thrilled to have him on the show today. So with that, Mike, thanks for joining me. Welcome to the podcast.
1: The Real Deal. Wow. That's, a, that's quite a title you're bestowing on me there. <laughs> well, it's well, well deserved. Well, thank you for having me. This is lovely.
0: Well, um, as we as we sort of make our way into the conversation, I, I, I first want to mention um, that I, I wanted to feature Mike and his family on the podcast because they are a great example of, you know, everyday Christians exercising their faith in real and tangible ways. So often, as it relates to the issue of life, the narrative that's told about those who are in the pro-life community, which I think misrepresents the majority of us, is that we're really interested in talking about the issues, but not terribly active in doing anything to help. And Mike and his family are a perfect example of people who, you know, in, in a multitude of ways are doing real and practical things to help. And I'm excited to feature their story on the show. So um, I guess we can start this way, Mike. Uh, why don't you kick us off and just tell us a bit about yourself and your family um, and, and we'll, we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, so you mentioned quite a bit of it at the beginning there, but I am a teacher and a coach here in the DFW area um, just outside of Dallas, um, Louisville, Texas, and I know your podcast expands far and wide, so I'll stick it with Dallas because people probably know that. Um, and I had the the beautiful privilege of marrying my high school sweetheart, whom you mentioned, Allison. We got married when we were 19 and 21, And um, just began having kids. And like you said, I finished college and went on to get my master's degree in in Oregon at at the Western uh, Seminary. And wanted to continue my education, actually, as weird as that sounds. Most people are trying to get out of education. But due to, um, I don't know, tuition just being crazy expensive, we were already in the hole quite a bit. So we said, let's put a pin in education. And um, that led me to getting certified to teach uh, middle school and sometimes uh, some parts of high school and so for the past six seven years I've been teaching and I've been coaching which has been an incredible ministry in and of itself um, so it's not the ministry I thought I was going into getting my my education but it is uh, it's pretty good ministry and uh, like you said we have three kiddos um, we've got three girls and a boy and um, we're just thrilled to talk through our story with you today
0: we, we both alluded to this, but a, a little while into your marriage, uh, you and Allison both decided that, that foster, you know, becoming a foster family, foster parents was something that you were, uh, compelled to pursue. So, um, what, uh, I guess what first led you guys to consider, uh, fostering?
1: So that's, yeah, I, when we got married, um, early on in our marriage, I kind of just looked at her one day and I said, Hey, I, we're probably going to like adopt a kid one day are you cool with that and she was like yeah that that sounds like sounds like it'd be a good idea and so that's it kind of laid dormant that idea but we were both on the same page um for about nine ten years eleven i don't know my math is off but um eventually we moved from the dfw area to um east texas which you're familiar with and um it was there that we kind of were able to go through the process so the idea of it has kind of always been there in our marriage, and so we are like really, really blessed and fortunate that there wasn't, you know, one spouse kind of trying to talk the other one into it or, or build a passion for it. Um, we were both just kind of like, yeah, it's going to happen at some point, and we were both just kind of fine with it. So it's always kind of been there. So you guys,
0: um, you know, it. it I, was planted there at some point, stirring for a while. Uh, eventually, you get to the point where, where, uh, for lack of a better phrase, it's 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 go time. So, what? Talk to me about what the process was like for you guys, um, sort of the onboarding into the life of a foster parent, um, the early days of of you know receiving new children and caring for them in the family. How did how did how did you guys work through that? What was the the um, the process of adapting to that life for for your family, both for you and Allison and then for your kiddos as well.
1: Yeah, so you really as soon as you agree to it, um, you know both spouses are are on board, and you you got to find an agency in order to get licensed and it really, really starts heavy early. Um, you know, any, any kind of big idea, whether it's, you know, uh, fostering or adopting or starting a new job or, you know, maybe somebody joining the military, like you have all these ideas that are like from the outside, it's a very commendable, um, big thing that someone else is undertaking. But then you, you dive into the, the depths of those people, like that soldier's going overseas, um, that person that's starting a business is struggling financially at times and then the same is true for fostering and adopting. Um, you know, when you're thinking about it, it's exciting, it's a big step, it's fun and then you immediately get thrown into it which is both a positive and a negative. Um, and so just kind of the process is they start you very, very early with, um, with classes that you have to go through in order to get certified. Um, I remember, you know, I would get done with work and we would have evening classes and they didn't even always line up with, with mine and Allison's schedule. And, you know, she would have to take classes on her own, you know, and then go watch the kids. So I could go take classes in the evening. Um, And it's very, very, very extensive, which is a good thing. I mean, this is a big undertaking. Um, And then, you know, as you go through the process of getting these classes taken care of, there are other things that come along the way, such as, you know, they have meetings with you personally and they ask every personal question you can think of. Um, anything from what's your discipline method, method to what's your romantic life like to, you know, providing pay stubs for the past however many months and years. And, um, you know, on top of that, just little things that you wouldn't think of, like they won't pass you or give you or license you until. You know, all the outlet covers are covered. And if you'll remember, you know, and when we lived in East Texas, you you and your family were visiting, we had to board up our fireplace. And so the the process is incredibly, incredibly extensive. Um, But, you know, you don't want just anyone being signed off on, you know, you want to you want to make the effort, you know, you want to have to go through the effort for to weed out the people that are saying, you know what, this is this is too hard. Never mind. And so it it is extensive. You are very, very laid bare to the state or the county or whoever you're um, answering questions to. And so the process is extensive. It could take months, even years sometimes. You know, a lot of people think, all right, let's do it. And they think they'll have a baby or a toddler in the next few months. But it's it's most often not the case at all. So it's good um, in the the event that it it really puts you in a right focus towards what you're trying to accomplish. But it also is very difficult.
0: Yeah. Um, what was it like for your girls uh, um, to to welcome new kiddos into the home? Was there was there was that difficult for them? Did they uh, adjust to it well? Um, how, how did they respond?
1: It's uh, very for the girls. It's very much a roller coaster. So just to paint the picture correctly, we have three uh, bio kids, and we adopted our son, the fourth one. And so he is uh, the youngest and does young child things, you know, is physical and aggressive and crazy and jumping off the walls. And, um, and so it's, it's, been a, it's been a roller coaster. There's times where I look over and um, the girls are out jumping on the trampoline with them and everybody's laughing and having a great time or they're playing games or cooking together. And then as siblings often do, they're one minute they're doing that and the other they're bickering and fighting over in the corner about something. And so it's a big adjustment. It really is. And I'm, I'm very, very proud of how the girls have um, done through this whole process. It's not to say that everything's been easy because um, it, it has been difficult at times, but um, they love him. He, they consider him just as much part of the family as, as they are. And so it's been cool to see them welcome him. And even though there's been difficult times sometimes.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and we'll talk about some of those hard, <clears throat> excuse me, some of those hard, hard days in a bit, but before we do, um, y- you know, you guys had, had sort of, uh, I, I don't remember the, the, um, the, time frame, but you had sort of gotten into the rhythm rhythm of being a foster family. And then before too long, uh, one, one kiddo in particular sort of, uh, um, uh, you, you developed—I don't know if this is the right way to phrase it—but a, a particular affinity for him, right? And so you uh, begin at some point talking about um, potentially adopting one of these kiddos. So, um, what? What was the? Um, how did you get there from from being a foster uh, family, and then uh, especially? I'd love to hear. I know the the story by which he came to be, you know, a, f- a forever member of your family was pretty. Um, pretty amazing. So I'd love to hear, hear you describe some of that as well.
1: Yeah. So we got licensed and we got our first placement, which was a a little girl. And while we were in East Texas, and probably one of the more frightening moments when we had the little girl, uh, we were out at like a, like a city fair or whatever it was that was in town. And this particular, I won't really say names, but this young girl uh, had been placed in our care in the foster care Because she had witnessed her mother kill her father right in front of her. And so she was, she was younger. So, you know, the, the understanding of what actually took place is probably little, but either way, right in front of the kids, you know, that's how, that's what she witnessed. And so was removed. Um, and so that's the kind of, that's the kind of mother we were dealing with. Um, and while they were sorting everything out, you know, through legal ramifications and all that, we ran into a friend of that mother while at this fair. And she recognized the girl and got on the phone with the mom and was about to, like, tell us where we were and who we were and all that. So it was one of those, like, super stealthy covert things where we just got all of our kids and, and booked it back to the house before this mom could show up. And so that was our first placement. And... um a lot of, a lot of difficulties with that one. And ultimately um, she did get reunified with her family. And so um, that led us to our second placement. And, um, you know, he uh, came to us at about two o'clock in the morning on like a, whatever day it was, Wednesday or Thursday, uh, we got a call and they said, Hey, we've got uh, a little boy who's two. And, um, what do you think? Can, do you all have the, the ability to take him in right now as a foster child? And so, you know, it, the stories really are true. You have about five minutes to decide. And, you know, you kind of hear those stories, but they really are true. They'll say, think about it. You know, depending on what agency you're going through, they might even say pray about it. And, um, you know, they we called them back five minutes later and said, you know, let's do it. And so they brought uh, they brought Ricky in. And uh, like I said, it was about 2, 2.30 in the morning, and he hadn't eaten anything all day, so we cooked him some little dino nuggets, and I went to get him some clothes, and we signed off on all the papers. And, um, and so he ended up staying with us for six months and um, really developed that, too, an affinity for our family, um, an affinity for our kids, you know, and he was a toddler, so the kids – really enjoyed having a, a younger brother and, um, it was really cool to see. And then, you know, particularly the story that, that you were talking about is during this time, we, um, we, we got, we, we felt like we needed to move back to the DFW area where we were originally from. There's a lot of my own personal family issues, uh, that needed my attention, you know, more day-to-day care. And so, um, you know, I had some friends that could get me hooked up with a teaching and coaching gig here. And so I called them and it all worked out that I just needed to take care of my family. And so it, it wasn't going to work out with Ricky making the move with us. And so um, we, we had to literally drop him off um, with another foster family that got licensed with us. And that was just a surreal moment. That was just all like, we're all just in the car saying bye to you know uh, this little boy who's been living with us for six months and has just become ingrained into our our family and our culture and uh, the move wasn't going to work for him and so we literally dropped him off with all his things at another family and that was kind of what we thought was gonna be the last time we would see him and so everybody was just sobbing and you know allison had to take a day or two off work of course and just kind of collect your thoughts and um and so we did, we moved back to the DFW area and, you know, a year went by and, um, you know, Allison kind of kept up with everything via social media and all that, but there's been no talks about anything. And so, you know, a year or two later, uh, we get a call from that family that we left Ricky with and they said, we are not going to adopt him. It's not going to happen. And so, um, I don't remember if it was from her or from the from the agency, but um, they they wanted to call us and let us know that the adoption wasn't going to go through. And this is a little boy that's been with us for six months and this family for a year or two. And you know, last we heard, since they weren't going to adopt him, is that he was going to be broadcast through the entire state of Texas to see if another foster family could could undertake him. And so we just began to talk and pray and see what the Lord might do. By this time we had lost our license. It had expired. And so, I mean, even, and you, I I already told you how hard it is to get licensed. And so it was just a big undertaking for us at the time. Um, And so we just said, well, we're not licensed. It's going to be a lot of work, but let's just call them back and just say, here's where we are and what are the options. And so, um, I mean, we literally saw the Lord do a miraculous thing. And, um, you know, the the state, I don't want to say they bent the rules, but they fine-tuned the rules to make it to where we could get licensed while he was uh, uh, still living with us. And, um, yeah, just the all the hoops and all the things that everybody had to go through, and every single one of them just fell right into place. So after a year or two of... Us dropping Ricky off with another family, he was right back in our home in DFW, where we still currently live. So it's it, it's an amazing story, and he's now um, in a, a week or two going to celebrate his sixth birthday, and um, just fully ingrained into the our family and um, enjoying life in, in the Presley home.
0: Yeah, that's. That's amazing. Um, we, you know, we, we've we've talked about some of this already. And so um, I, I think it's worth repeating as we sort of um, make our way towards the end of the conversation to, to circle back and just, um, you know. So you guys have been foster parents and, and, and now um, have adopted a kiddo into your family. Um, and, and you've mentioned some of the challenges. Um, uh, talk talk a, a bit more maybe about about some of those those hard days and, and, and well, let, us let's, let's do this. So we've talked about the hard days uh, that you've experienced already. What, what, in what ways are y'all still sort of, um, getting your bearings as, as, as a family of, of what, six now, right? So, so what, what are the challenges that you still face, uh, having, having added a, a new kiddo to, to your crop of kiddos?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you are a very astute man to say that even though it's, it's all, you know, the adoption's final and it's been a couple of years, that is not to say that everything has just fallen into place perfectly. Um, you know, he, he was adopted uh, January, 2022. And, um, you know, so coming up on a year and a half now, and there are still, you know, days to days that are extremely challenging. I and mean, the kind of the way I think of it is, you know, You, whoever's listening, like, go place yourself in someone else's house right now. You would have to adjust to, I mean, whether it's a day, a week, a year. I mean, it's happened several times before where I'll, you know, travel to a different city and, you know, a friend or a family member will say, oh, just come stay with us. And I'm always kind of hesitant, you know, because I don't want to put them out. I don't want to, like, you know what I mean? And so, like, if you think about putting yourself into another house, another home, they're likely eating different foods watching different movies they have a different schedule like everything about your life has been changed and so that's that's one thing is um you know whether it's a foster or a direct adoption like that child has got to learn a whole new culture and so it does take time and it does follow you know in difficulty and so um that is a challenge and um yeah, so I think, I think that's difficult. And then one thing that, you know, for any of those who might be entertaining the idea, I know this is going to be kind of a question later, but um, one thing that they don't harp on enough in training that I wish would kind of have its own place is the severe grab for control that foster and adoptive kids have. And so if you think about it, like in Ricky's story, he grew up from basically birth to two homeless, in and out of homeless shelters, getting kicked out of homeless shelters. And so, you know, and then he gets placed with a couple of different families. And so he, he has he, – when he came to us the second time, he he'd lost all control over any part of his life. And so foster kids and adopted kids, um, they have a severe grab for control because they want to control anything that they can. And when they can't control things because, you know, you're five – Uh, it leads to some problems. And so I would, that would be my, like one of my recommendations is it be in light of the question of what are some difficulties is just giving that control as much as we can without it becoming an issue. And so, um, yeah, but I think he's, he's getting, you know, he's coming along at, and, you know, kind of being engraved into our culture and, and what we do in our, in our home. And, um, yeah, so I think those are some of the, the difficulties that we're battling now. Yeah, so we've 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 talked quite a bit
0: about challenges and difficulties, right? And those those things are real and they're they're there. But there are also joys. I, I have to imagine associated with with um, with both fostering and adopting new new kiddos into your family. So talk about some of that. What what are what are what are the some of the joys of of, of what you've experienced, and in in what ways has has your family been enriched through all of it?
1: So luckily, I think, and from my experience, that question, what are the joys, it does outweigh the what are the difficulties, which is always good. Um, uh, you know, I think anything, you know, a lot of pe- a lot of my friends and my family members, they kind of bust my chops sometimes because I had three girls and then we adopted a son. So they're always saying things like, Oh, now you got a son to mow the yard for you or whatever. And (laughs) I mean, you know, it's worth a chuckle, but it actually really is true. You know, like I, you know, there's, it's a regular occurrence now that we'll go out in the yard and throw the ball or, you know, he and I went camping not too long ago together, just, just the guys out on the lake, you know? And, and so that, that really is one thing that's brought me a lot of joy And and it's not to say that, you know, I didn't love my girls, obviously, you know, that's not what I'm saying at all. But um, it's been cool to sort of have that thing. And um, above all else, though, really, it's made Allison and I more dependent upon the Lord than really we've ever had to be, Um, which there's something there's something to be said for, you know, why would we ever adopt or why would we ever foster? What if we have to? you know, reunite the child, that would be so hard. And and in reality, yeah, it is. It really is very difficult. Uh, But there's something to be said for placing yourself um, in an uncomfortable season or position solely for the purpose of having to depend on the Lord. You know, and, uh, you know, you read through, you know, the the Bible, like Abraham had to be fully dependent upon the Lord. Like he, he had a lot of the stuff that was out of his grasp that he couldn't control. And, you know, on through the Bible with all the different characters of the Bible. And so there's something really to be said for I'm going to place myself in an uncomfortable position or season for the purpose of depending on on the Lord. And that's been really cool to see, Um, you know, when you have such a big undertaking. Allison and I have had nights where we really leaned on each other. And so, you know, if you approach fostering or adopting in the correct way, it can really help your marriage in a lot of ways i'm not saying you know go go foster or adopt a kid to you know save your marriage or anything but it really has been a sweet season of growth for allison and i just because we've had to depend on each other and rely on each other Um, and it's been really enriching to see you know a young man with such instability um, homelessness violence extreme poverty show the beginnings of breaking through those things you know and finding some sort of normalcy in in a Christian home and so that it's been really cool to see and it's it's slow moving it's very slow moving but you can kind of see little hints of progress along the way and um, you know it if you know depending on what agency you go through I'm hoping you know you would go through one who likens a fostering or an adoption story to our own adoption story in Christ right. it's really cool to see how you know when we when we come to know the lord we, there's nothing we can bring you know we have nothing that is our own we have nothing that we can offer and you know jesus picks us up out of you know our sin and our instability that we that we have and he adopts us and gives us full you know a grant to be heirs of, with him. And so following your own adoption story through all this has been really, really cool. There's been several nights where Allison and I are like, you know what, we got our butts kicked today, you know, just because of poor behavior or whatever, but, you know, let us use this as a, a time to thank God and not, not show that same kind of behavior towards the Lord because he's adopted us. And so there's been a lot of very rich, you know, neat things come along out of this. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if it's getting picked up in the podcast, but I can hear them upstairs right now playing. They're all just playing and getting along, and that makes my heart very happy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, well, I guess as we, as we start to close up shop here, uh, why don't we end with a word of encouragement to those uh, who are listening? So if someone's listening and they're interested in fostering or adopting, what, what pieces of advice might you give and what pieces of encouragement um, can, can you share with them?
1: Yeah, so um, fostering and adopting is not for everyone, and th- that's okay. You know, there are other ways in which we can serve, or, um, but, you know, for those of you who are looking for an encouraging word, um, going through the undertaking of this, I want to highlight what I said a minute ago that the the enriching things or the good things that come out of you know a fostering or an adopting story really do outweigh the difficult things and it may not feel like that all the time but it really is when you bird's eye view it it really is the pros outweigh the cons um it is a lot it'll be the hardest thing that you've ever done without question it doesn't matter what you've done this will be the hardest thing you've ever done um but the harder things are the better things are you know good things come out of difficulty. And so, um, you know, if you do foster or if you adopt, one of the wisest things that I've heard so far is that, um, actually just a direct quote from the Bible, that kindness leads us to repentance. And that's, that's our story of, of Christ. You know, his kindness leads us to repentance. And in the same way, when we have a little one in our home, whether it be for fostering or adopting, um, having that same mindset that christ had that that it 's kindness that 's going to lead a young man or a young woman to change behavior or have a heart change or um, you know pointing them towards the scriptures it's it 's kindness that 's going to lead um, that young man or young woman into repentance and so it I wish I would have known that a long time ago we 've been doing this for years now, and um, i kind of only have heard that recently but it's i think it 's very good advice and um, yeah and so um, that, that would be kind of what I would leave everyone with.
0: Well, Mike, as, as it always is, uh, it's been fun and encouraging to talk to you. I know that, uh, those who are listening will be encouraged and, and spurred on by, by you, by your family story. So thank you for setting aside some time to talk with me and join me on the Love Times 2 podcast. Dude, the pleasure has been all mine. <laughs> well to our listeners uh thank you again for joining us uh as we close let me also encourage you in a couple of ways uh first whether this is your first time with us or you're a long-time listener we'd love it if you'd leave us a rating Believe it or not, those ratings, they do help to boost the podcast visibility so others can find it more easily and and listen in with the rest of us. And of course, we'd love that. Um, And secondly, we haven't done this a lot. If you have questions for Mike, our regular host, or for me, or if you have specific thoughts about something we've talked about on this or a previous episode, email your questions and feedback to podcast at lovetimes2.org. We'd love to hear from you, gather your questions, feedback, discuss them here on the podcast from time to time. Uh, So again, um, you can send those questions to podcast at lovex and the number two dot so once again uh, thank you for joining us and remember change the culture and the politics will follow we'll see you next time thanks for listening to the official podcast of the love times two project be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and never forget change the culture and the politics will follow